Hey, busy business people. I am here today with another entrepreneur taking action, Steve Werner. Over the last eight months, he helped 22 entrepreneurs build webinars that generated over $3.8 million in total sales. And I'm going to figure out how he did it. So stay tuned. Okay, so to kick things off now, 3.8 million in sales, that's, I did the math on that and I don't like doing math, but I did the math on that. That's over 170,000 on average for the 22 entrepreneurs in the program. Like, did they have anything special going for them that came into this? Like personality services, like what were they? Sure. So, I mean, they, to be, to be honest and transparent, um, cause that is very important. There were, there are five of them in there, four or five of them that were rock stars. They already had massive lists. They already had an offer that converted. They just needed help with their webinar, right? Um, one of them specifically was, she's run several five-day challenges. Um, she's always done pretty well, but she had me come in and look at it. Her webinar went, we actually made her webinar longer. Uh, she, we tested it, but that one specifically we made, we went from about an hour and 20 minutes to just over two hours but her conversion went from about 8% to over 20%. We also upped her price because I showed her comparables. So long time people, right? Like they've, they've been selling at 997 for a long time and they're very stuck on that. And she was like, if I raise it, it's going to hurt conversion. And I said, what's the worst that happens if we double the price, we went to 1997. I said, if we double the price and you get two thirds of conversion, you're still going to make more money. And it, it was kind of like pulling teeth, but we got that to happen. And I mean, that one alone was responsible for almost a million. Um, wow. So that's, I mean, there, so there's a big asterisk with that number, but it's true a hundred percent, but not all of them. Like you're breaking the average down. Mm -hmm. Everybody in there was profitable. Uh, I think the lowest one we had was about 40,000 in sales. Um, everybody has lists. So for me to take somebody on as a customer, they have to have a list already. They have to have an offer and they have to be doing, I would say probably minimum like 70,000 a year, uh, which excludes a lot of people, right? I get on discovery calls with people. My discovery call is 15 minutes. And if they're not already at like 75 K or above, and if they don't have a list of five K or above, maybe three, I've worked with a couple that have a little bit smaller. It's just not gonna, it's not where they need a webinar. They should be doing discovery calls, getting their messaging correct, getting all the pieces down, right? A webinar is like pouring gas on something when you're doing well already. Um, it's not, I do think you can start with it in the fact that you're going to learn your messaging. You're going to learn a good webinar has more than 40 stories in it. There are five core stories and then you have different versions of those stories. So you end up with over 40 stories, at least in the ones that we built. Um, you can start with that, but you're not going to do massive sales with it because you're going to end up with three or four people on. Like it's, it's not going to be a big money generator, but it does help you get your messaging down. I don't know if that's where you're going with that, but no, that's exactly where I'm going with it. Because I feel like we see all these gurus that are going out there and putting out all these case studies and being like, Hey, this method works and whatever. And the piece of the story that I feel like is always missing from that is, you know, who, how, what were the people in the program that gave you those case studies? What did they have coming in? You know, because we know they had stuff. Most of the ones that pull off stuff like this, they had lists and things like that. But people hear these big, you know, awesome stories and they're like, oh, I must do a webinar. And they don't think through, okay, there's, there's work to get to that point. You know, I which mean, is why I love that you were very transparent about that, you know. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, the you, I have like such a love hate relationship with that whole thing, right? Because everybody's getting, we all got started at some point, right? I was in 2013, I was getting started. I spent more than 50K that I didn't have on programs, courses, a mastermind, like all the stuff. And you just start consuming because you have no idea where to start. And I did the same thing. I was like, I'm going to build a webinar. I mean, I was already doing live events, but I was like, I'm going to do a webinar. But I was like, what? Like, I can't sell consulting days. So we ended up with a VSL that was 15 minutes. But then you have to have ads to drive to it. Like my whole thing when I started was I wanted to speak on stages. I wanted to do live events, which I got very good at over the years. But like webinar didn't fit in that in the beginning. It did once we got going. But the, the thing is, you have to have a list. A list is what it all comes back to. And the... I guess the the thing that I would say about lists, because I, I talk about this with people that aren't there yet, it is better to have a smaller list, five, 800, 1,000 people of highly qualified people that are engaged than a huge list of people who aren't. And the second thing is you should be emailing five to seven times a week. Um, I, I switched to that about a year ago. I left Facebook pretty much and switched to emailing almost daily. My open rates went from eight to 10% to now I'm running at over 25% opens uh, with over 2% click through. And people are like, well, I don't want to spam people. That's not what it's about. If people want to hear from you, if they enjoy what you're sending them, they will read. And if they don't, they'll unsubscribe. But if they unsubscribe, they were never going to buy anything anyway. Yep. Like it's a I mean, big that's the thing people piece. miss is it's like, you've got to have that value. Like as long as you earn your place in the inbox, you can be there as much as you want. And I think like we almost kind of have a conceited approach to email, right? Like we think that we're so important that they're going to know who we are enough for us to like pester them. <laughs> like you can't pester them if you go in the, you know, every morning purge and they're not looking for your email. You're not pestering them. You know, we well, all have like yeah. hundreds of emails. We just go poof, 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 and they're gone. But we notice those one or two because we recognize them because they're in our inbox frequently. And those are the ones that get to, you know, the privilege of skipping the purge, right? You know, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm very, so my, I'm in a, to be productive, my inbox, I have about 30 different folders that I use and they're automatically sorted. So like, I don't see, I have my inboxes very well done, but there are a few people that always hit my inbox because I've set them up that way because I'm happy to hear from them. And you touched on a, a word that I want to clarify, which was value. A lot of times entrepreneurs, influencers, well, influencers are different, right? Entrepreneurs, business owners think value means a long email, telling somebody how to do something, giving them a tip, tactic, or trick. Now, if you look at an influencer, a celebrity, celebrities make more money than entrepreneurs they also, the reason that we like their stuff, if we're scrolling Instagram, if we're scrolling Facebook, we're entertained. My emails, sometimes I send just a joke. Hey, here's the joke for the day. Hope I made you laugh. Have an awesome day. Yep. Those emails usually have like a 40% open rate and they still have a call to action because I put the call to action in the PS. But people read them and they get like some of those. I had one that hit like a 5% click through rate on a $37 product just from telling a joke. That's 
valuable. So think about what I always tell people is what do you open when it hits your email box? That doesn't mean that you don't occasionally do the email that tells them how to do something, but not every email has to tell them how to do something, how to fix a problem, how to make more money, how to get more clients. Tell them a story about your life. Like the no like trust factor. We talked about that a little bit off camera. Mm -hmm. If you want a higher no like trust factor, be personal. Like get personal, share with them something from your personal life, a little story about your personal life. I, I talk about running. I talk about restaurants I've eaten at. I talk about meeting people. I talk about problem clients, like talking about problem clients. And we're way off the subject of webinars, but I don't really mind talking about problem clients is one of the best things you can do in an email because you will get less problem clients because people will be like, I don't want to be like that jackass. Like... <laughs> They're, well, they really will, right? Because what do they yep. want? They want your attention. They want to be in your good graces. So if you say, you know, I hate people that blah, 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 I have this client and this is what they did. And like, it just was a huge pain in the ass. So I fired her as a client. Yeah. People are like, Ooh, one, and they some respect people your don't time. even realize they're doing it, you know? And it's like, when you call out the behavior, but, they're like, Oh, that might've been me yesterday. Yeah. You know? And like, they don't even realize it. That's, but you're, you're like setting. So those are all stories that you can tell email hands down. If you don't have a big list, start emailing more. They will actually share your emails. I get people who share my emails and people opt in through that, but also like growing your list is the first thing to having a webinar. If you have a list, I would say minimum, we did a webinar with, with a girl who's a good friend of mine. She has a list of about 2,200 her webinar. When she put it out, she did a little over 20,000. I think she did 22, 23,000 on the webinar that we built to her list. Then I had her do it to my list. We did another like 20K um, just with a small launch. But now she's taking that and she's going around to other people because it's valuable. She's got proven metrics. She knows we put this many people on. This is what we're going to end up with. This is the number of sales. These are the testimonials that I have from the, from me, then the testimonials from the people who have gone through it. Once you have it and it's going, you can take it. I mean, you can do a roadshow with it. You can go to any good person that has a list, show them your metrics, and they'll be happy to put you on. I put, I do one a month with a guest. Because if they're if they have a proven offer, I'm happy to put you in front of my audience. Deliver value. People are going to pay for it. We'll both make money. Everybody's happy. The customer's happy because they got something that is valuable that helps them reach where they're going. I'm happy because I provided value to my audience and I made money for it. And you as the influencer are happy because you're selling your product and you didn't have to use Facebook ads. Yeah, like I know that's a whole push right now. Like especially with like the iOS update making Facebook ads not work as well. Like they've been talking about that at Traffic and Conversion Summit. They've been talking about it all over Digital Marketer and Scalable. That making yep. those strategic partnerships is really valuable, especially when you have something like a webinar or a challenge or like I've been lumping all of those things into value and advance offers. That's basically mm -hmm. my my label I've been giving all of those because they're, they're all kind of the same thing, right? Workshops, webinars, challenges, like it accomplishes the same thing. Teach someone something, <laughs> deliver a lot of value, make an ask. Yeah, the uh, I mean, we do the, the best method that I've seen for webinars is a five day challenge to the webinar that works every single time. Like, but the thing is, you've got to put so numbers for a challenge, we've run, I've run 14, 15 challenges at this point. The numbers for the challenges 
as a ballpark, if you have a thousand people opt in, you're going to have somewhere between three and 500 people show up on day one. Your goal is to get to the end of the challenge and have two thirds of that engaged. So if we take four thousand people, you have 400 people on day one. If you have two thirds of that engaged, you're going to have about 275 when you get to the end. That means you're going to do like we teach, we teach a one week launch window. So you're going to do your webinar two times. You're going to do a Q and a, or a, uh, like hot seat workshop in there. And you're going to send 15 to 20 emails in that week from that. If you have a thousand people in the front end, you are going to end up with somewhere between 20 to 30 buyers every single time. So if you look at that metric, that's like a bare minimum you can pretty much count on. So if you look at that metric to get a thousand people on, this is the number that a lot of people have a hard time with to get a thousand people on, you're probably going to need 75 JV partners because mm -hmm. most JVs will not mail for you that much. They'll mail once or twice. They don't have huge lists. You know, they've got a lot of my JVs. I have a few that are great, right? They have 20, 40, 50,000 person lists. Most have three to 8,000 like, and they're going to mail twice. They're also probably not going to mail great copy, right? Like you can write the best copy in the world, but it's in your voice, giving it to them. They're not going to fix it. Most of the time, they're just going to send it out unless you want to take the time to write in their voice for a bunch of people. So that's, that's kind of like the breakdown on a webinar, a workshop works really well as well, but the workshop, so a normal workshop, the way I view it is four hours. You need an hour of that to be your webinar and three hours of that to be teaching stuff, right? So pitch at that point, your webinar isn't a traditional webinar. It turns more into a pitch and future pacing. Um, We've worked with that. It works pretty well. I, the five day challenge works better in my opinion. Um, yeah. Workshops really work really great to sell a like five to $10,000 one off if you're a service provider of some kind. So if I want to build webinars for somebody, a workshop works really good because mm -hmm. I can lay the whole thing out. I can walk them through it. They see that they're getting overwhelmed. And then the pitch at the end is, Hey, if you want me to jump on and build this with you, this is what it looks like. Let's schedule a call here and move forward. That's like selling, in my opinion, that works better for a workshop than trying to sell a two grand course. You can definitely do it though. Have you seen people getting burnt out on the challenge model? No, a lot of people that I've been talking to since Pedro really kind of got out there and saturated the challenge market. There's a lot of really bad ones. And a lot of people oh, yeah. I've been talking to are really frustrated with that. You know, they're like, I don't even want to make a five day commitment anymore. Like, I'm just not interested in that. Like I know we've seen in the community in ETA, doing like a 90 minute thing, we get way more signups, way more show ups to a 90 minute than we do to like a five day, but you get less so, opportunity I mean, to talk. You can do that for sure. The, I mean, we ran, we ran a five day challenge in August. So two months ago, mm -hmm. um, this was for somebody else. I didn't run it to be clear. I helped with, I helped her with the webinar. This is another one of the person who did a rock star, amazing deal. Um, I want to say she had, I mean, she had a lot of JVs. She's also very established. I think she had, I want to say 25,000 people opt in for the challenge. Um, from that she did over like over a million in sales, nice. um, but huge list, great JV partnership. She's been in the game for more than 10 years. Like she had a lot. Do challenges still work? 
they do, the big thing is you're going to get some, you're, you're going to get less show ups, right? Like I said, a thousand, you're going to get somewhere between three to 400 people show up on day one, even if they opt in. But the benefit, if you do it correctly, day one, if you show up, the thing is like, to be really blunt, there are shitty everythings, right? There are shitty mm -hmm. courses, there are shitty webinars, there are shitty challenges, there are shitty workshops. And there's just more, like, if you think that stuff's going away, we're going to see <laughs> oh, 10 no. times that yeah. in the next two years. Cause everybody is now, I want to work from home. I don't want to work for anybody else. I'm a coach. I'm a consultant. You should listen to me like that. The, the noise in the marketplace is not going anywhere. Mm -mm. So if you want to beat that, do a better job because people reward quality. So this is, uh, this is something that I tell people as well, though, quality and value does not equal a longer anything. It equals something short, well thought out and planned. So like for a challenge, challenge videos each day, five to eight minutes, one takeaway that they can implement right now. Don't overwhelm them with so much information they can't do anything because that guarantees they won't show up for day two. People, this is the other thing that I don't know. It's, it's a difficult thing that we have to get over in the marketplace. Um, as much as people say they want the outcome, people want easy more than they want the outcome. Oh no, absolutely. I mean, that's one of and the biggest frustrations I hear all the time is it's like I people buy the easy. things and they just learn, but now they sit down to implement and it's like, well, I can't do I've, this. This is like, I don't have time for that's, this. But that's all in their head. And that is not your responsibility as the influencer. Your responsibility as the influencer is you can make it easy, right? I can give you a five minute video that tells you come up with a USP, right? Unique selling mm -hmm. proposition. People will sit down and they'll stare at their computer for 30 seconds, trying to make a USP and then they'll walk away because it requires thought. And unfortunately our school systems, our college systems don't teach people critical thinking. So most people have a hard time with that. They get really excited. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And they sit down. And they don't, that's not my problem. That's not your problem. That is their problem. It is yeah. not my job. My job is to put something that is easily to consumable. will get them an outcome and is entertaining in front of them. That's what people are going to buy. Easy, entertaining, fun, builds relationship, drives them to the webinar. Like we're, 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 I mean, this is all very real, authentic talk. You can, but what I see people doing is I, I talked to a guy last week and he's like, I want to sell coaching. Da, 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 da. He's like taking some life coaching course somewhere, um, getting certified because we all know that's important. Right. But he's yeah. like, I'm not going to do one call a week. I'm going to do three, one hour calls a week. They're going to be so blown away. And I was like, dude, nobody wants that. Like nobody wants to meet with a coach for three hours in a week that, and he was like, what do you mean? Like he just didn't, because most people, their idea of value is more stuff. Yep. When in reality, if you look at things that are the most valuable, they have the smallest time commitment and get the biggest outcome by pivoting somebody's mindset and giving them the tool to move forward. Then they go and do the work or it's a done for you service, right? So marketing, branding, webinars, whatever your thing is, if you go do it for them, that's the, that's the highest sale value that you're going to get. Like you can sell, I talked to a guy yesterday that does, he does 
a video sales funnel. So it's somewhere between 10 and 18 videos put in a sales funnel. He'll run the ads for you. It's 50K a month. Mm-hmm. He has four people that are paying him 50K a month to build that out, manage it, and do it. That's a great model. I mean, he's making good money. They're making good money. They wouldn't continue getting a return, right? If they're not getting a return, they're not going to pay him. But that's that's your highest price. And that was he sells it through, we wouldn't call it a webinar. We would call it a VSL to a sales call. But it could be a webinar. It's the same thing. Yeah. You know, small video presentation shows some value, teaches you what it is, drives people where they're going. And I know that's the direction I'm going with my 90 day program because most of the people that are, you know, my target audience are frustrated with buying things and they can't get it implemented. So it's like, yep. we're going to implement, we're just going to build everything. I've already got the team. We already do it all the time. Anyway, I'm just packaging it into a different model basically. So do we're going done the, for uh, you. Do you got like the yardstick and the whip to like crack them? Cause that's, I mean, it, I, I do all, I don't sell a course by itself hardly ever. I always sell the course with implementation, with coaching, right? And I sell it for yeah. more money. Same thing you're doing. Um, it's really interesting because you you can you can give them everything. My I, I've actually looked at the stats and it's about roughly 20 to 25% will get it done. Even though you give them everything, you give them all the worksheets and all the templates, the other people, they still say it's valuable though. That's the thing. Everybody will still say it is massively valuable because it shifts their mindset. It gets them pieces, even if they just come out of the webinar. Like, so it's a webinar workshop, the story selling webinar workshop, eight weeks, they'll come out of it with at least five, their five stories done, which you can use anywhere. You can use on social media. You can use in your business. You can use an email. Like they have something and they see it as valuable. They just didn't get it done. Yeah. So this is where like, I'm not giving them a choice. We're literally doing it. We're getting my video editors, my copywriters, my developers, my graphics designers. Like I'm holding you hostage Mm -hmm. on a zoom call to meet with me. Like the only way they don't get it is if they don't meet with me. So it's like, they're going to get one-on-one time. They're going to get everything actually built for them. Like, I mean, we'll see how it goes because I'm just launching it. That's why I'm letting some people in on the beta. So we'll see um, if I can actually manage to make sure they like focus for 90 days and stick through it. But that's the goal. I mean, it's like they have I mean, very little time commitment and they come out of the end of it with everything done. And all of the teaching portion that happens isn't teaching you like how to write a book, yeah. how to design a cover. It's like you have a book physically in your hands. Now, what do you do with it to make money? Like that's the teaching yeah. piece, you know, and it's like we're doing I mean, we're doing a whole bunch of stuff inside of it. Like it's crazy what all I'm doing inside of it. But it's the same cool. model. And it sounds like I want to kind of circle back to where you were talking about challenges and you were talking like a five to eight minute video and then giving them a homework assignment. That sounds completely different from the challenge model that I'm used to. I'm used to like Pedro's model where it's like yeah, you have five days and you're like an hour to two hours every day. And then there's always these like bonus, I, like six days, seven days. Nope, yeah. So describe what you're talking about in the challenge model. Cause it's something I haven't heard. Sure. Um, so I have to give credit where credit's due. Uh, this goes to Elena Vincent, um, who's absolutely awesome. She like, so before working with Elena, um, I had done six challenges and I broken even, uh, one, I did about 20 K in sales. The other ones, uh, I either lost money or broke even at the end of all of them. I think I had profit like profit in the bank was a couple grand, like three, four grand, um, working with Elena, um, so she's the one who teaches us. I, I, I'll give you the broad overview. The idea is that people aren't going to watch an hour a day. 
Mm-mm. Like that, no, nobody in their right mind is going to do that, especially. So there was one guys that I went to that was like perfect example of this. Uh, it was how to use um, surveys and application funnels. And he would get on for an hour and just blabber. Like it, it was obvious that he knew what he was talking about, but he was horrible at teaching. <laughs> and like that challenge, I attended two days and I, was, and I sent him a note and I was like, hey, I want my $97 back. Um, that was your your risk reversal. Like I appreciate that you seem to know what you're doing, but you're horrible at teaching it. And you're not putting any thought into preparing a lesson plan. You're just getting on and yapping. And that's not going to work for me. Um, and he, he refunded his money and re- apologized. Um, hats off to him. So going back. So what's the real point of a challenge? I'll ask you. I think you'll get this right. I know like all the Pedro stuff and everything he's been teaching. And it's really to help them take some immediate action, build no like, and trust over the course of multiple days, and then get them to take the next action that you're asking them to take. I mean, so it's like, you kind of got the marketing perspective on it, which is obviously to sell the thing at the end and build no like, and trust. And then you've got what the person gets out of it, which they're supposed to execute something. Like it's supposed to be very specific, like achieve X and Y days for free on like a free five day challenge kind of deal. They should achieve the thing. I will say that I don't think I've seen one where that actually happens yet. Okay. So that's perfect. That's what you're trying to do more than anything is build the no like trust factor. That's, that's the core. The idea of having them get an outcome is great. The outcome though, this is, this is the thing that I think Pedro misses. You and I, whatever we're going to teach, right? If I'm teaching webinars, I'm at a level 10. I've put 10,000 hours into stage presentations, breaking down stage presentations, doing all of that. Most people coming into your challenge, even if they have a successful business, the reason they're there is because they are at a level one or two. Your job, my job, our job in a challenge is to get them to move half of a step. You want them like... The outcome, the last challenge I did was unlock your story and it was build one of the five core stories that you need. I can do that with somebody in 15 minutes. The idea with the challenge is to give them something because get them into momentum, right? Do you know who Alex Sharfin is? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know Alex. So Alex had probably four or five years ago now, him and I, this is like a side story. Um, I was at an event and he called me up on stage and did a hot seat with me. And we were talking about goals and morning routines and income. And he was like, you've got to bring the target closer. Like in order to get into momentum, he was like, what happens if you get up and your goal is to do a hundred sales calls in the day? Well, you're going to get through five, you're going to get through 10, and then you're going to find an excuse to take a break, especially if you don't have a sale. And then you're going to get to, maybe you'll get to like 30 for the day. And then you're going to beat yourself up. And because you're in pain and suffering, you're going to shut down. This is what happens with people who go to the gym New Year's, right? I'm going to go crush it this year. I'm losing 20 pounds. I'm in the best shape of my life. They go to the gym for five hours on the first day. Day two, they wake up and they're sore. And they're like, oh man, I'm still going to go to the gym. And they spend an hour at the gym. Well, day three, they're sore. They're tired. They've got 50 other things to do. They haven't built a habit or a routine, nor do they see any momentum. Instead, they see the opposite and they stop. 
So let's apply that to this challenge model that we're talking about. Alina is the one who like broke me of this. She was like, you're, cause I was doing exactly that. I was teaching an hour each day and I had worksheets and a workbook. And she was like five to eight minutes. You explain one simple thing that they can do one simple thing. Then you reward them for doing it. So I, I won't go through her whole thing. Like it really is. It, she teaches it different than anyone I'd ever seen. I took three courses on challenges before I did them. Um, she does it different than everybody and it gets results. The end of it, the biggest thing is to spend some time getting them the people to see you as the person that can help them and to get them to future pace themselves into the result that you get. The other thing that she teaches, which I think is so key, and I didn't see Pedro do this, is the outcome of your challenge needs to be the one step before the thing that you teach. So I teach webinars. I teach story selling webinars. It's 50% Russell Brunson's perfect webinar formula and 50% what I learned building more than 40 live events and speaking on more than 200 stages. It's those two things combined. So there's interactivity, there's stories. So what's the first thing that they need before that? They need a story. Well, so my challenge was build one story. Once they've got that, what do you do with the story? Where do you use that in your marketing? It's kind of where you were talking about with the book, right? But mm -hmm. if you tried to get them to write an entire book in a challenge, could you do that? Sure, you could lecture for two hours a day and give them a ton of worksheets. And they, could you write a book in a week? Sure, I've done one in a weekend. But you've got, like, you're crushing yourself to get it out. If instead it was, let's do the title and the blurb for your book. Well, now you've got the idea do you want to actually do the book? I'll take you through how we do the outline, how we build in the CTAs. All of that is the sale piece, right? That's what you do on your webinar outside of the challenge. And like when Alina, like those two things that Alina like shifted for me, the next challenge that we did, uh, we did over 50K in sales, like right out of the gate with very, like the first one, I was like, I don't know how this is going to work. I had burned out a lot of JV not, not burned out. Like they were still willing to work with me, but they literally just promoted me two months before. So yeah. I didn't have a lot of JVs. Um, we ended up, we had about 480 people register. We had 250 show up on day one. Uh, the first webinar that we did, we had 45 people. The second one we had 30, like mid thirties, um, selling a one grand course. And we sold, uh, we sold, 30, 30 mid thirties into the course. Plus I got two one-on-one clients out of it. So that was, that's the results. Um, but that is the best model that I've seen because it builds the no like trust factor and it's, it's gotta be fun. So yeah. like, Pe I think Pedro misses Pedro in himself is fun, but like, he doesn't teach people make it fun because people aren't going to show up for like, this is, this is one. So one of the stories that I teach is called parables. Here's one of them. <laughs> Um, I want you to think about your, your favorite teacher that you had in high school. You got him. Yep. Okay. Now I want you to think about your least favorite teacher, the teacher that you like went to class and you cringed. Yep. Chances are that you went into that person's class. I remember mine, Mr. Mr. Hoff, he would stand at the board. He was, a uh, like 
uh, algebra and calculus. He would be standing at the board, scribbling. You'd come in and sit down. He'd look over his shoulder and glare at you, and he'd be like, do you get your homework done? And he'd be writing, and like by five minutes into class, he had the whole board filled up. Your mind was overloaded. And if you're like me, I went to sleep. I passed notes, or most of the time, I just left out the back door. Now, if you think about your favorite teacher, you probably walked into their class. You could show up a couple minutes late. They were probably laughing. They probably knew your name. They probably were more engaging. And they probably taught less, if you're, if you're honest. But if I ask you now which one you remember something from, It would be and which one would teacher. you listen to? It'd be the person who taught less. It's not the person who taught more. It's not the person who probably even knew more. Mr. Hoff was smart. He's super smart. But just because he was super smart didn't mean that I understood anything he was teaching me about calculus. Right? The, the moral of this story and what I want you to take away is it's not as coaches, consultants. I consider myself a consultant. A lot of times, especially people starting out, we think that our intrinsic value is to dump all the information we can onto a person. And our ego is tied to that. So we solve people's problems. We oversolve people's problems, right? This happens on discovery calls all the time. If you're not selling on your discovery calls, when you, when, even if they know it's a sales call, if you're not selling, it's not because you're off. It might be because your offer is not very good, but chances are it's because you're coaching on that call instead of doing a sales call because you feel in order to provide value, you have to fix their problem. It takes a very secure person to be like, I'm not fixing your problem. If you want me to fix your problem, it's 20 K or it's six K or it's, you know, whatever your cost is. Um, I, I can promise you that I'm the person, here's what you're doing wrong. If you want to fix it, it's 10 K I'm happy to work with you and I know I can fix it. That's like a, that comes from a much different place than, oh my goodness, I can tell you what to fix, do this and then do this. And then like, they're like, oh my goodness, you provided so much value. It's the difference in the speaking world. We call it the difference between speaking for a standing ovation where people are like, oh my God, that was the best speech ever. And people going to the back of the room and buying your stuff. People, when you do, when you do a speech that sells, you will rarely get a standing ovation. If you did it right, you'll have a few people who come up to you and are pissed, right? They're like, dude, I, you, you didn't solve my problem because what you're really doing sales is what drives sales in a speech or in a webinar is future pacing people into the result and creating open loops that drive to the sale, right? So you create the open loop here and it's closed. Hey, if you want me to close that loop, if you want the tool, if you want the tip, the trick, if you want my time, you have to buy it, right? And people, people will get pissed. If you do it right, you'll have one or two people who come up and be like, can't you just fix this for me? The blah, 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 go to the back of the room. No. But you'll know that you're successful because you'll have people at the back of the room buying. Dan Kennedy taught me that. And I like, I fought it the first year because I came in completely like I used to work in restaurants. I came in, I was like, Oh, I'm going to be a speaker. I'm going to be Tony Robbins. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to change lives. <laughs> Tony Robbins is great. I love Tony Robbins. But if you look at his events, he drives people to buy every single day of the event, multiple times he's giving value and he's creating open loops. And he's saying, hey, if you want to go forward, if you want the next step, if you want to get the result that I'm promising long-term, go buy. 
Yep. And he's good at partnering with Dean Graziosi too, who is just like a fantastic little closer cheerleader for him. Like, it's just like, you don't even know where one starts and the other begins at this point. They're just like one person basically, but it's a, it's a good little combo move. I mean, I always thought of it for me, like it felt okay to talk in a sales call to talk sales, because I guess for me, the problem was more that they needed to make a decision. Like, so I was still solving a problem. I was solving the problem of they don't know what their next step is. Mm-hmm. And we're going to solve that's exactly that, it. you know? And it's like, then but we can talk about it. But that's different than, I mean, I know so many people that show up on discovery calls. If somebody tells me that that's a challenge that they're having, especially on the back end of a webinar where they've pre-framed it correctly. If I watch the call, it's the person gets on and they say, you know, we'll just use, uh, we'll use social media, right? Um, they get on and they're like, okay, cool. You're going to show me how to build social media. You're going to show me how to do the social posts. You're going to show me how to get more engagement. And the person's like, yeah, tell me a little bit about your business. They listen and they're like, well, this is what I would do. I would do this. Then I would do this. Then I would write this post this way. You have now killed any chance of making a sale because you've made the person feel like they got the outcome. Number one, because they're how many times have you bought a book? Maybe this doesn't apply to you specifically, but you've bought a book. You've been like, you've had a problem, right? How do I, how do I grow better tomatoes in my garden? So you Google it and then you buy three books on it. They arrive and you flip through one of them and then they go on the shelf or they go over here somewhere. And you're like, I've solved the problem because if I need to fix it, I know it's there. That's what you're doing on the sales call. You just took, they're there because they want the outcome. And you have, instead of saying, I can show you how to get that. I did that for my friend, Jen. I did this for this other client, Joe over here. Um, I know exactly what you need to do. Here's what you're doing wrong. So this is the key. You always say, here's what you're doing wrong. If you would like me to fix that for you, the way that we do that is we work together for six weeks, eight weeks, nine weeks, or you buy my course, whatever it is. If you like, I'd be happy to work with you on that. I know that it will fix your problem. And then you shut up, right? (laughs) You've now shown them the correct way to do it. You've shown that because you're right, the next steps, the next steps here would be, we do this and then we'll do this together and then we'll do this together. And that will fix your problem, especially with like what you're selling, right? We are going to get on the call and we're going to do it together. The only way you will not get this done is if you don't show up on the calls. Like that's a, you, I mean, I know you know how to sell most people though, comes from an ego place, right? It's the same thing that if I look at somebody's webinar right now, I have like four webinars. I do audits, um, like optimization, right? They send me a webinar right now. Ladies, like she had some really good JV partners, really good. Um, she had 800 people on her webinar and three sales. And she was mm-hmm. like, what am I doing wrong? Right? Like I, I was like, uh, like, that's bad. Sorry. Like that. I was like, yeah. Well, I low. looked at it. And she literally starts no stories and just starts teaching. And like she teaches for an hour and then's like, if you'd like to buy the course, you can go here. Like no stack, no open loops. And I'm like, no wonder nobody's buying. Like you literally taught for an hour and a half. People are overwhelmed. They know you know what you're talking about, but you also just, if they took good notes, you gave them 90% of it. And then you're like, go buy it. It's that's never going to drive to a sale. Like never, <laughs> never, yeah. ever, ever. But that's Making but me it be comes... very self-conscious on a lot of the ones that I've done recently. I'm like going through them in my head 
it's like, I'm usually a pretty good presenter, but now I'm kind of like, I'm mentally well, auditing everything I've done. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. So we were talking, we were talking beforehand, right? And you were saying, I love to teach. It, it goes back to the, the, you're at a level 10, the people coming in are a level one or two. You're big. The big thing you want to do, you can teach a little bit, but you want to, you want to get them one big aha, one big light bulb that goes yeah. on over their head that they're like, yes. Right. So Russell runs through and call it the opportunity switch. I just call it like a light bulb moment where they realize something. Yeah. Ryan Dice want... calls it the aha moment. He says the yeah. aha is like the moment of like, wow. And then ha is understanding. So it's like yep. you need recognition and understanding to go off in their head. So he calls it the aha moment. But yeah, same concept. So that happens. They pivot. And then instead of teaching them how to do it, you show them the path and you show them, I mean, you let them take really like blunt, the first step. I wouldn't even do that. Just show them what not to do, mm. what not to do and ex and results of people that have listened to you and what they've gotten. This future paces people into where they want to go, right? Because if you're, if you're really honest, you can probably give them, if you, we'll use books. You could probably in 90 minutes to two hours, tell somebody how to write a book. Mm -hmm. One out of probably a thousand would go and actually do it. Most people can't take notes that fast. They can't, and they're not going to implement because they're going to be extremely overwhelmed. But if instead you get them to realize a book is really what they need, that would be the aha light bulb, like ping, a book is going to help me get on stages. It's going to help me attract better clients. I can use it as a calling card. So now they're pivoted. Now you want to show. So what you want to do when you're writing a book, a lot of people try to sit down and actually write the book. That's something you don't want to do bad, yeah. but there are ways that you can write a book really quickly and easy. Notice I didn't say what the ways were. That's the open loop. Then show a result. I helped Joe write his book. It took us four weeks. Then we got the cover professionally designed and we did market research. I knew exactly what to look for because I've helped people write books. And we got a cover that made him stand out amongst everything else. Then we got him more than a hundred positive reviews on Amazon and got him bestseller. Joe has now used this book to make more than, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, whatever. Yep. Like that's like one little loop. That will, everybody there, if you just listen, you're probably like, fuck up. Sorry. I want that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I want a book now. Books are great. Books will get you on stages. Books will get you in front of customers that you could never get anywhere else. If you're willing to do the work to write it and to mail it to people. Great, great tool. Um, yep. I, I try to write a book every year. Um, the, that's different than teaching. Um, a lot of people think, well, I'm just going to teach because I'm really good at it. And it's a completely different skill set. Um, I, I learned this the hard way. The very first speech that I ever gave on stage, I like, I spent three months building it. I was so nervous and like, so excited. I spent like so much time and energy and exactly what I like, I'm up on stage just teaching. And like, I look out the front row, there's like one guy drooling, one lady taking notes like crazy and three people were going out the back door. I was like, why are they leaving? I went and found them. So first off I get to the end and like everyone was overwhelmed because I literally crammed all of my knowledge into like 60 minutes, <laughs> but I went and found the people that left. And I was like, Hey, did I say something to offend you? Is there, and they were like, dude, I was so overwhelmed. Like my brain was shutting down. And like, I didn't realize that until probably 
I don't know, a year, 18 months later, um, I, I went and I ended up joining Dan Kennedy's program. And Dan, if you don't know Dan, crotchety old man, bad grandpa meets like rock star marketer from the 70s is the best way <laughs> to describe it. <laughs> like, but he, well, first off, he called me an idiot. Like I told him my story. I was like, I held a live event. I made like $9,000. I thought I was awesome. He was like, dude, you, he would like literally like shook his head and he kind of stutters. And he's like, you're, you're, you're an idiot. And I like, he's shaking a little bit. I was like, what? I was like, I paid, I, I paid a couple grand to go to his conference. And then like a couple hundred dollars to sit at his lunch table so they could ask him one question. And he just told me I'm an idiot. But then I ended up joining his program and he's like, he just laid out kind of what we did. Cause I told him about that event and he was like, yeah, you taught too much. He was like, don't teach anything. He was like, you're overwhelming people. He was like, that's an, what you taught in 60 minutes was enough to cover a three day event. He's like, you're not using stories. You're not future pacing. You're not like, you're not creating open loops, like all of that stuff. I learned a ton from Dan and then I learned from Frank Kern and then I learned from Russell. Um, but that's anyway, this has been a wide ranging conversation. I'm no, sure I think like, it is so good. I know we started with webinars and then we veered off into left field, but we veered off in a good way. It was a very engaging conversation. And obviously you help people with webinars. So let's just use this last couple minutes here to how do they find you? How do they just go stalk you and learn more? Sure. Um, if you want, I have a free course. Uh, it's death to bad webinars, death to bad webinars.com. <laughs> um, five videos, five worksheets. Uh, there are some testimonials and case studies in there as well that you will get um, the case studies are like, they're like 20 minute, like full on, we break everything down. Um, that will also get you uh, at the end of that. If you want to book on my calendar, you can book on my calendar there. If you just want to jump on my calendar, if you know that webinars are something that you need, I will tell you, you need to have a list and you need to have an offer already. If you have those things and you would like my help with a webinar, you can go to steven.coffee, S-T-E-V-E-N dot C-O-F-F-E-E. -E. That will get you on my calendar. Um, please show up. If you show up and you say, I'm just getting started, I will politely end the call and send you to death to bad webinars. Um, but if you know what you're doing and, and you would really like help, uh, you can meet me there. I do webinar audits where I will go through your webinar line by line, watch the video and so I watch it on Loom, I pause it, and I will give you direct feedback. Usually those videos are anywhere between like three and five hours long. Um, extremely informative. If you have a webinar that's not performing the way you want, I'm happy to do that. Uh, Steven.coffee, we'll talk about what that looks like. Um, I usually charge 5K to do it. Um, yeah, that's what I do. Yep, I love it. I know where the rest of my afternoon is gonna be spent. <laughs> There were some good tips in your stuff I haven't heard before, which is unusual because I am a consumer, a voracious consumer of, you know, information and knowledge. And it's like, I got new stuff out of this. So I'm excited. <laughs> I mean, I would on the challenge front, if you're thinking about doing a challenge, I would reach out to Alina. Um, she was absolutely great to work with. Um, tell her I sent you. Um, I still talk to her. Um, she's great. And it's it was something that was so different because I was doing what you were saying, right? Yep. Her model worked way better. And between you and me and I guess anyone listening, it's easier because you're not teaching for an hour every day. Yeah. Like it's and literally just, are you like, just sending it through email? It sounds like too. Like here's just a quick little video and here's some homework. 
I mean, like, so that is crazy. And she, it's so valuable, I think. Like, we talked about, you know, sometimes value is making it shorter. It and was. it's like, if you can literally give someone, like, here's what I want you to do, and here's how you do it, and now go do it today, and then go do it tomorrow. And it accomplishes all the goals of getting them yep. bought in, getting them to know I can trust you, getting them to, you know, get little quick wins every single day. When you can't get most people to do homework on a challenge. Because they've already well, invested an hour with you. Now they got to go get back to, you know, life that got put on hold while they spent an hour with you. You know, and you put all that energy into getting them to show up and getting them to do the homework and getting them to go and make a Facebook Live and getting them to do like I was just like in my mind just the simplicity of what you're doing and how much I would enjoy that kind of challenge. Like that would be fun. I would do those. Like I would have one of those going every week and have a blast with it and just learn stuff and it'd be great. So it's I it's a different way of doing it. Um the the one thing that you touched on that I will I will highlight, it is sent through email. Um, you can still use a Facebook group, but the video does not go in the Facebook group. Right. Video goes in the email. What you do in the Facebook group, you can do a couple things. You can do anything you want. It's your Facebook group. Um, but you have them post their homework there for feedback. And what happens is one person posts, well, then nobody wants to look like the person that's not posting. So then they all start posting their homework. Yep. And you can even get like and a then, friend or somebody to be the one person in there doing that. Yep. You, you, like it's Alina has a very good dialed in program. Um, her program is not long. It take, it'll take you about three hours to go through it. Um, I would reach out to her because she knows yeah. way more than oh, I plan on it. I obviously got a lot of value. Um, but she like her method, I watch Pedro's stuff. It is one way of doing it. And it obviously has worked for some people. I think that it, I think there are people that it, I think, Oh yeah. Just There's like a anything. lot of people, like people that I've talked to that were on his team, even it would be surprised. They would be surprised if 10% of the people that signed up and bought the things actually got the result, like got any result, yeah. like even got it off the ground. Any like, result. Yeah. Any, which is crazy. Cause you show up. Well, I mean, sadly, I mean, it, we're circling back, but the sadly, most people who are doing the five day challenges following that model are not far enough along in their business. Mm -hmm. If you spoke, I mean, once you've spoke on 30, 40 stages and you have what you're doing down, it's great. But like the guy that I signed up for, he has in his defense, he has a $10 million a year agency. He knows what he is doing. That's why I signed up. I was like, I can learn something from him. But his mistake was he's not good at presenting, selling from the stage or teaching. So he gets on for an hour and just rambles. Well, I'm not going to listen to that, that crap. Like you listen to people who have bad podcasts, right? What do they do? They get on and, blah, 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 and you're like, fuck, I'm not listening to that. Um, yeah, sorry, well, that's I why I even set out to be different on this one. I was like, I want to find someone who's doing something cool and let's pick apart how they did it because the value you get out of that, like it's, 20, 30, 45, well, I mean, we've been going for 50 minutes now. The value you get out yeah. of that is like, poof, versus like, right, hi, how are you? What do you do? Yeah, it's, nobody cares. <laughs> that's exactly. And now they care because I mean, now they've listened to you and they're like, holy cow, if I didn't know who Steve Warner was, I need to know who Steve Warner, even I'm like, you know, woof. Like I, I know so you on I'm, a whole new level, even after I stalked you online before we did this. So, I mean, I've, I've made a very conscious choice to move away from Facebook and move away from online in general. I started in the speaking space. I moved to, I had a digital agency for a while, um, built Facebook ads. So I would speak, I put together a small event, 30 to 50 people, and I would sell a Facebook ads agency. 
I did that for several years. I got really burned out on Facebook ads and I moved, like I was one of those people that was posting and doing all the crap on Facebook. And I was like, this is dumb. Like, so two years ago, I was like, this is dumb. I started moving away. I, I would say about eight months ago, eight or not, maybe almost a year now. I just was like, you know what? I will post personal things on my Facebook, but I'm done doing the marketing stuff. And I'm also done. Like I took it off my phone. I, I like stopped checking it. it. I don't need that. Like if you're my friend, you have my cell phone number. You can call me, you can send me a text. I'll go get dinner with you. I speak at live events. I even during COVID during COVID, I spoke at four live events. That's how people know me. And I, I would rather be less known, but the people who know me know what I do and know that I'm high quality. I mean, that's my email list. That's, that's everything that I do. Um, if you guys join my email list, you'll see, send out short stories, jokes, quotes, some teaching, all of that stuff. Um, but it's a much, it's a much different way. And I, I'm going to be interested to see, cause I don't think the noise, I, I know the noise is online is not going to get less. I know it's going to get more. Um, yeah, but, but that the, just means you have to make your circle smaller and your message louder. You know, like you've really got to start solving a very specific problem for a very specific group of people. Yep. And then, I, I mean, mean, like so many people don't even know what people do. Like, it's crazy to be in these networking groups. You'll spend like hours every week with some of these people. And then if somebody asks you, what does that person do? You're like, you know, yeah. I don't really I don't know. know. They seem to be a really cool guy, but like, I, I couldn't <laughs> tell you. I have not a clue what they do or who they do. It's like, you know, you can't, you're not going to get referral and you're not going to get a business. Like you're wasting your time. Like they need to get it down to where somebody can say, Oh, you're like, you know, three words. Yeah. Webinars, direct yeah. sales, like whatever it is, you should be, you should be known for it. And like, I, we could spend all, all Oh yeah. We could keep going for hours and hours and hours. So we have your stuff. Like I'm going to go stalk you. I'm going to encourage everybody else to go stalk you. Cause I've heard things here that I don't, I've never heard before, which like I said, is rare for me. It happens occasionally, but it's not common. So it's good stuff. Um, so thank you so, so much for letting me kidnap you for like a full hour here. It's been absolutely amazing. No worries. It is my pleasure. This was a fun conversation. Um, it was great. Awesome. So like guys, entrepreneurs, this is your call to take action, right? Join our community at eta.today.zone and learn how to build a business that enables your lifestyle instead of taking over your life where you get snippets from great people like Steve all the time.